Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to those of you gathered in the room. Welcome to those of you joining us online. We're glad that you're with us as we uh, gather together to worship God today. We like to begin with this greeting Christians have used for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you very much. We are glad that you are here today. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's continue in the spirit of prayer that we've been singing in. God, we are so grateful for your love that you have shown us in your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the chance we have to sing our praises to you and to offer up uh, the thanks and praise that, um, that overflows from us, God. When we think of your majesty, when we think of your goodness, when we think of your love for us, your patience, your, your uh, unwillingness to give up on us, and when we think of the ways that you have been good to us time and time and time and time again, it is gratitude that wells up from within us, God. We give you thanks. We give you praise. Help us, God, to be a people of gratitude. As we move through this month toward a, a Thanksgiving holiday, uh, God, we don't want this to be just kind of a once a year thing. We want this to be something that marks our lives each and every day, that we can live with a sense of gratitude toward you for your goodness, for your love, for your power, for your presence with us. And God, you know that uh, these continue to be turbulent times and there continue to be so many frustrations. Uh, God, please, would you help us in the midst of it uh, to find you there? Because you are. You are with us in the, in the reality that we live in, in the nitty-gritty of life. God, you are there. In the hurts that need healed, you are there offering healing. In the situations that, that bring anxiety, that overwhelms us, God, you are there to offer your peace. In those places of grief, of pain, God, you are there to offer your comfort. In those places where we find ourselves out of strength, out of energy, with nothing left, God, you are there to offer your strength, to help us to endure, to help us to continue to put one foot in front of the other, trusting you, following Jesus, keeping our eyes fixed on him, as we read earlier. Thank you, God. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you that uh, whatever goes on with elections and leaders of our nation and other nations in the world, we know that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, continues to sit on your throne right there, and we get to worship you today as we gather together with Christians around the world and with all of creation to acknowledge your rule and your reign that is not uh, an ugly one, that is, that is full of beauty and of love and grace. So please, would you reign in our hearts today? Would you be the one who is in charge of each one of us, the way we live here in this world? Thank you, God. Thank you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you. Uh, normally, we would take a couple minutes to wander the room and to greet each other, but this time, you're just going to have to kind of look and wave, find somebody, wave to them. Hi, everybody there online. Sorry, you can't see most of us, but... Uh, 
We are glad that you're here, and we hope, we do hope that you experience God's peace today. Thank you uh, to the Svelbar family for leading us again this morning. Uh, it's a huge blessing to have uh, all of you who are involved with leading us musically. It's a, it's a real gift for us. Uh, by way of announcements, just a couple things real quick. Uh, if you're here in the room, obviously you can grab one of those little welcome cards, but if you're not, uh, you can go to livinghope.info slash connect and uh, fill out that little digital connect card, and we would love to know that you worshiped with us, even if that's all you have to say. It's like, yep, I was here, and it was good to see you, and, uh, or if you've got some feedback like, you know, Rich, I couldn't really hear you, or, you know, there's a problem of some sort, please let us know. Um, and of course, if there's some way we can pray for you. I've had a couple of you mention to me this morning things like, hey, could you be praying for this? Could you be praying for that? And, and yes, I would love to pray for those things. And, and I've started even now, but uh, then I'm going to talk to somebody else. And then tomorrow's going to come, and I don't want to forget. So please, let us know how we can be praying for you. Uh, we would love to do that. Uh, also, if you want to give uh, in the room, you can drop it in the offering box uh, online. You can go to livinghope.info slash give and, uh, and give online. You can also continue to give to the, uh, the Habitat for Humanity Project or to the, our sister church in Hammond, the Mission Church. Church. Uh, thank you to those of you who have been giving. Uh, I sent out in this last week's email a little update on the Habitat project that we've got. Um, about $3,600 has come in so far toward our $6,000 goal. By the end of the year, we want to hit $6,000. So if you want to help give toward a Habitat house that, that we will help build here in our community, uh, we would love to have you do that. Uh, you can just, when you go to that give page, just select from the drop down, just select Habitat, and, uh, and you can give toward that. That'd be great. Uh, there's a, I think it's next up, is it the women's Bible study? Is that what I've got in there? Okay, yeah. So this week, uh, a women's Bible study on the, on the book of Gideon is starting. And, uh, and Julie over here uh, that you can't see online, sorry, she's uh, leading that. And there's uh, a, uh, one at 9 o'clock and one at 1 o'clock, I think. And so if you would like to be a part of that, ladies, please let us know. Um, we want to make sure, I think they've probably already, have you already ordered the books probably, but... Uh, You've got enough for folks, so if you want to be a part of that, and if you can't afford the book, somebody's already stepped up saying, well, I'll pay for them for anybody who can't, can't afford them, so uh, please uh, let us know if you'd like to be a part of that. And um, what did I have next on here? Yes, this Saturday is Mary Ellen's memorial service. Many of you uh, uh, knew and loved Mary Ellen Robinson next door. Um, she hadn't been able to attend much lately, obviously with uh, health restrictions, all that, but she had been in declining health and passed away just about a month ago. And uh, so with her sister and her sons, we're planning a memorial service that'll be right here this Saturday, three o'clock, masks are required, which speaking of that, thank you to all of you who've continued to wear your masks. I see some of you are like, yeah, I took them off. We're, we're trying, because of the spike in cases, we're trying to keep our masks on as much as possible. Uh, because I don't want to have to be like a lot of my friends. I've uh, been talking to other pastor friends who have said, uh, yep, we had to go online this week because we found out somebody at church last week was COVID positive and, you know, and we don't want to make sure it spreads or anything. And um, we've spaced out all the seating in here so that you ought to be at least six feet away from folks. And uh, uh, hopefully, um, but still, the masks are supposed to help. So let's keep trying to do what we can out of love for each other. Um, so that's this Saturday. If you want to attend here, you can. And there'll be an opportunity for you to share memories, thoughts of, of Mary Ellen. She loved being a part of our church. And, uh, and if you can't be here in person, you can watch online. We'll have the cameras rolling, and it'll be in all the, all the usual places. Uh, and then also this morning, I wanted to introduce you guys to the newest addition to the Living Hope family and to the staff, actually. Uh, Judy Engel is our new associate pastor, and so she's grabbing a microphone over here. And uh, I'm trying to see on the little TV in the back where, when we can. You're going to have to come a little closer, I think, for us to see you. Um, I'll back up. You come closer. There we go. Uh, but uh, Judy has been um, at South Lake Church of the Nazarene for a long, long time. And I wanted you guys to have a chance to put a face and a voice to the name because, you know, she might be calling you or reaching out to you or something like that along the way. So 
Do, anything you want to? I don't know. Hi, Judy. <laughs> what do you? So you have a. This is a part-time thing for you here. What's your full-time job? Can you let them know? I work for a contract company. Um, contracted with the Army National Guard here in Indiana, and it's called Survivor Outreach Services. And I serve families who have um, lost their service member to death in one form or another. So. Um, I, I couldn't even go into everything I do. It's a lot like mm -hmm. social work, though mm -hmm. I'm not a social worker, mm -hmm. um, providing resources and benefits and you know apply, applying for all of those things and yeah. just being a listening ear, having a cup of coffee, attending events that honor our fallen warriors yeah. and their families. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and then so even your day job that's not technically ministry is like you're okay. doing you're doing Whole God's work. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, what are some of the things that you've been involved in over the last decades as you've been serving Christ and His church? Uh, well, you're the one that when I asked you to write the little thing for the email said, yeah, it's been around 40 years I've been yeah, serving yeah. serving God. Well, I, I've been a lifelong Nazarene. I, I was born to uh, a family who was attending a Nazarene church and. Um, after my parents divorced when I was young, we continued to go. My mother raised all four of us in the church. And so I've never gotten away from the mm -hmm. Church of the Nazarene. So here I am. Um, I've, my, my mother actually um, was a, our, a big example of just being a good church person, mm -hmm. serving in the church wherever it was needed, from sweeping floors during new construction um, to serving in the nursery as a teenager. Um, Goodness, helping with BBS when I was barely out of BBS myself. And from there, um, there's not really much of an area of service that I haven't served in. I've served with youth, I've served with kids, I've been in the choir, I've been on boards and mm -hmm. Sunday school teacher and no. missions. And currently, most currently, I'm a member of the district NMI, which is Nazarene Missions International Board for Northwest Indiana. So, yeah. And I think the picture I ended up sharing in the email was, it had a sign behind you guys, it wasn't in English. I'm not sure where that was taken. It, was on, it looked like you're on a bridge or something somewhere. Yeah. We were in Brazil. Okay. That one wasn't actually a mission trip. That was just Oddly for fun, enough, huh? Okay. It was the one time we traveled to Brazil <laughs> that it wasn't a mission trip. It felt really weird. But we were there. We've hosted exchange students for mm, yeah. 23 years, something like that, yeah, 23 years. Um, and we were at a wedding of one of our students that had come for a semester oh, okay. and stayed like eight years. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, he's the only one that did that. Don't recommend it if you host exchanges. Don't keep them for that long because you get really attached to them. You know, it's like feeding a puppy outside or a kitten outside. They stay and then you, you grow attached and you can't get rid of them later. So, <laughs> but we were, we were in Brazil for his wedding um, that trip, but that's the only trip we've taken that hasn't been a... A mission yeah. trip. So we're excited here at Living Hope to see the different ways that uh, Judy's passions and experiences are going to connect with who we are as a church. Uh, she's, we're not hiring her for a specific task, like there's not a specific role that we've said, hey Judy, we need somebody to you know, fill this slot, will you come and do this? It was just an opportunity that opened up for Judy to join the team here, and so we're excited to see where God uses you as a part of this church, and uh, I know I'm looking forward to some Sundays where we get to hear more from you. Uh, and uh, so you think so? We got to we got to talk about when that when that'll happen. So um, no, I've I've gotten to hear Judy preach a couple of times, and uh, and it's good, and, and I'm looking forward to that. So thank you, Judy. I just wanted you. you guys have a chance to welcome her and uh, and to meet Judy. So thank you very much. Thank you.
think I've got everything up here that I need for the, for the message here. Is that, was there anything else I had up there for announcements? That, okay, good. Phew. All right. Didn't forget anything today. Uh, sometimes I do. Um, as we make our way through the month of November, we are... Um, uh, oh, can I get a little closer to the people online? Can we do that? There's a button back up. Ooh, hi. Hi. Um, it always feels weird to be so far away. Um, and it's fun that she can just push a button and I get real close. Um, we're, uh, we're trying to focus on this idea of gratitude and how we can be a people where gratitude just flows out of us. If you're here in the room, uh, there are some little uh, notes that I don't know if you grabbed one on the way in. If not, there are some back there on the table back by the offering box and Bibles and things. And uh, um, that, that gives you some of the scriptures that we're looking at today. If you're online, those will be up on the screen at some point, including this first one, which we looked at last week uh, from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It says, Rejoice always. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Uh, I put that really big at the top of the printed notes because I want to give you a chance to remember this verse, to, to maybe memorize this verse. And so this is one, you know, if you need to write it on a note card and stick it to your mirror or to your dash in your car or something like that, for when you're stopped, obviously, not for when you're driving, uh, or... Uh, some way this, to get this verse into your mind, into your heart. Could we, could we say this out loud together? Uh, you can join us and say it out loud too if you're online if you want, but I especially want to hear from those of you in the room. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We looked at this verse last week and uh, just as a kind of a jumping off point, and this is kind of my theme for the month is that we need in all circumstances to be giving thanks to God. This is what God wants for us. This is God's will for you and for me, that we be a people who, uh, who are rejoicing always, who are praying continually, who are giving thanks in all circumstances. Now, uh, that pray continually or pray without ceasing, that's, that's why sometimes if, if you like visit a monastery, or you travel someplace, or you're, maybe you're in Brazil, or maybe you're just in Chicago, or you're someplace and you visit uh, like a, a monastery or a cathedral, there may be people singing prayers, singing psalms off to the side in a little chapel somewhere because they take this very seriously. There's going to be someone praying and often praying the psalms just continuously. Now, most of us are not going to do that uh, throughout our day. We're probably not going to be praying just continuously. But this is a reminder, like, this is something we're supposed to make part of the rhythm of our life. This is supposed to be normal for us as Christians, is that whatever is going on, we're people who continue to rejoice, being full of joy and expressing that joy, people who are praying, talking to our Heavenly Father, who is with us every moment of the day, and who are giving thanks no matter what the circumstances so I'm hoping that, that not only will we say this together, I'm hoping that we'll memorize it, but even more, I'm hoping that we'll practice it, all right? And that's what I'm, we're going to talk about today is putting these things into practice and what are some things we can do because, frankly, gratitude is one of those things that we can let slip pretty easily. It's so easy to forget to stop and say thank you. I've never been good at thank you cards. Stacy is great. I am not. I don't even remember what the last thing was that she told me I was supposed to make thank you cards for them, and I didn't. Uh, but I remember not doing it, and it was like one of those things she would ask me periodically, and then at some point she just kind of gave up asking because she knew I just hadn't done it. And, um, and so if you ever are like show me a kindness or good to me or something and you would expect a thank you card, please don't be disappointed when I don't give you one. It's just, it just doesn't happen. I don't know why. Uh, it should. Uh, that's something I need to put into practice better is expressing that gratitude to people. It's so easy, though, for us just to like slide right by that uh, without meaning to. I, that was just my little confession there at the front, okay? So we're all in this together. Uh, I, I think of the story from Luke chapter 17 where Jesus is, is on his way to Jerusalem, 
He's traveling along the border between Samaria and Galilee. It'd be a little bit like if you were traveling to Chicago and you're crossing over from Porter County to Lake County or something. Although I looked it up on a map. It's, even, it's a lot farther than that. It'd be more like walking from here to like the border to Wisconsin. Um, this was a long trip that Jesus was taking. Uh, but he's, he's getting ready to cross into this region of Samaria. And as he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. They stood at a distance because that's what they were required to do. If you had leprosy, you weren't allowed to get close to people because you had this skin disease, this skin thing that they felt like was probably contagious, and, and I'm sure it was. And so you were required to uh, dishevel your hair, to cover your mouth, much like we're wearing masks now. They were required to do that and to, and to keep a distance from people. And so they're shouting from a distance to Jesus, please. Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests, which is what you would do if you had gotten over it. If, if your leprosy had cleared up, that what you were supposed to do is go, show yourself to the priests, and they would kind of confirm, like, yep, yep, all the leprosy seems to be gone. You can reenter society. And so Jesus says, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. You know, they're walking along, and I just kind of picture them kind of, they're talking like, oh, man, he's telling us to go to the priest, but he didn't heal us or anything. Well, he told us to do it, so let's, let's trust him. Let's do what he tells us to do. Doesn't make sense to me why we'd go show ourselves to the priest when we've still got this, whoa, hey, my, my stuff is cleared up. And, oh, dude, your face, it used to be nasty. Now it looks good. You know, I'm, I'm sure they're, like, they realize they've been cleansed, they've been healed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back. Praising God in a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet. He wasn't keeping his distance anymore. He was healed and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? This is part of Luke's theme in his gospel of how the outsiders continually are responding to Jesus in ways that the insiders aren't and how Jesus cares about the outsiders. Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. You trusted me, and because of that, now you are healed, you are whole, you are saved. Different translations translate that word different ways. So here, even when circumstances are good, when amazing, even miraculous things happen to us, we can forget to stop and thank God, right? I mean, I'm guessing each of us would have moments like that where we're like, oh, you know, I guess I never did really stop. I celebrated. I was happy that this thing had worked out, but I didn't, I forgot to stop and actually thank God for it. Or I forgot to send that thank you note. Or I forgot to stop and call that person and thank them for what they had done. Even when things are good, in the good circumstances, it can be easy for us to forget if we haven't made this a regular practice. But it's especially hard, isn't it, when things are bad? When times are hard, when, when the authentic cry of our heart looks more like uh, this from Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, how could you let this happen, God? We recognize that verse because Jesus quotes it while he's hanging on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The Psalms are filled with cries of lament, of, of complaint, cries of, of anguish, of pain. And for some of you, if you're just going to be honest today, it's like, well, that's really what I need to be saying to God today. I need to be, I, I, it's hard for me to get to thanks because first I've got to get through all the, like, God, this isn't right. You know, what's happening right now is just, it shouldn't be happening. I don't understand. This doesn't make sense. And maybe you need to read some of those psalms, some of those lament psalms. This is a helpful practice, all right? Talking about putting this into practice because if you actually do that, 
one, those lament psalms, and you can just, as you scan through them, you can Google and find a list of lament psalms, or you can just scan through the book of Psalms. There's 150 of them, and almost half of them are, are like this. They start out with some kind of questioning God, expressing anger or frustration to God. And it's a good practice to, to read that and to let that shape your prayer, in part because it'll help you to be honest with God and to actually say what's going on in your heart, rather than just pretending like, no, no, everything's fine, yeah, yeah. I gotta love God, gotta love Jesus, can't complain, you know. And well, no, sometimes you need to complain. Sometimes that's what's really going on. But if you do that and if you continue through the psalm, almost every one of them, I think there's like one of them that ends on a sour note, and all the rest, as you make your way through the psalm, there's, there's a moment where it starts to turn and where the, the author of this psalm is, is crying out and is complaining and I don't understand that this is happening, but you know what, God, I remember you've been faithful in the past. You've been faithful to me. You've been faithful to my people. You've never let me down before. And so I, I'm going to trust you now. I'm going to put my trust in you, even though right now really stinks and I don't like it and I hate it and that's why I'm complaining. But God, you have been good and I know you'll continue to be good. And so I'm going to continue to trust you. They, they make a turn and they can help you make that turn. There's a whole book in the Bible called Lamentations, written, we think, by the prophet Jeremiah, um, which Lamentations, you could just call it Complaints, the book of Complaints, but they didn't call it that. They called it Lamentations. Got fancy. And in chapter 3, there's this moment where he says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them. My soul is downcast within me. You've, you've been downcast, right? Where it's just like, ugh, this is just... Uh, I don't have the energy to even lift my eyes up. You know, I'm just, uh. He says, I, I can't help but remember this. I'm thinking, it's, it's dominating my thoughts, the, the wandering, the bitterness, the loss, what I'm going through. Yet, this I call to mind. Maybe, the, maybe this is just an act of will. You know, saying, look, but I, I'm calling this to mind. I'm choosing to remember this, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed. For his passion, his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. He's like, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to remember God's goodness, God's faithfulness, his compassions. I'm going to look at my situation and say, you know what? It is terrible, but I'm, I'm still here. I haven't been consumed. I haven't, we haven't totally been lost. We are, we are still here. Life is going on, and God is continuing to be faithful. Every morning, his mercies are new. You might need to start there to get to a place that can help you to authentically thank God for what's going on in your life, to authentically thank God for the good things that he's doing even in the midst of grief and pain and whatever else, all right? But this takes practice, right? This doesn't just happen naturally for us. This takes us choosing, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put something in my life that's going to remind me regularly of God's goodness. And again, maybe that's reading the scriptures and reading the Psalms. Maybe that's uh, some other kind of practice. You, you're all, you know, here on a Sunday or tuned in on a Sunday, and maybe that's a practice that at least weekly you get reminded, and uh, maybe that's all that gets you through the week. Uh, I know from some of you, you, you get real strength from that, saying, okay, I need to be reminded at least once a week that God hadn't given up on me, that God's goodness is still, is still real. Um, I, need to, I need to know that he, that he loves me, that he's with me. But I would encourage you not to just wait till once a week. I mean, every day or throughout the day, there are things you could be doing to remind yourself of God's love to remind yourself of God's goodness, and we'll, we'll look at some of those in a minute. I know for some of you right now, uh, this whole election season thing is part of what's had you thrown for a loop, all right? It's not been fun for anybody, I don't think, all right? Uh, 
But uh, that has, I was, it was interesting. I was going to look already at Philippians chapter 4, which we've got coming up here. Uh, and then I, I looked back because it's always good to kind of read the rest of the context. So I just read all of Philippians uh, and was like, oh, well, right before he gets into that, he has these things to say. So if you start at the end of chapter 3 and you've got this there in your notes or on the screen, he says, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we're eagerly awaiting, we are eagerly await, waiting for him to return as our Savior can't speak it, but you can read it, hopefully. All right? It's like, our Lord is Jesus Christ. Our citizenship is is in heaven. He is our Lord. That's that's where our citizenship lies. And so even though I might be a citizen of this country, and even though I might care deeply about who is our president for the next four years, you know what? My true Lord, my true King is Jesus. He's the one that's going to rescue. He's the one that's going to save. And so I'm going to remember that he's the one that has my my ultimate allegiance, and that my identity comes from, from trusting in him being adopted into God's family as as God's kids. So he's reminding them of that just before chapter 4 begins, where he says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends. Fear my joy and the crown I receive from my work. Remember, this is a letter that Paul is writing to Christians that he misses and wants to be with. Now I appeal to Euodia and Syntyche, not popular baby names uh, these days, but these were two women there in the church, and he's pleading with them, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my coworkers whose names are written in the book of life. I read that part, and I thought, oh, man, he could be talking to us today, couldn't he? He could be saying to some of us, look, you guys, you're, you're brothers and sisters in, in the Lord, in Christ's family. You are co-workers. You're working together with God and with me. Please, would you, would you learn to get along? Would you settle your disagreement? Would you not let your political differences or whatever other differences, would you not let these things cause you to, to get off track or to, to, get, uh, uh, to become ineffective in the work that God has, you, has for you to do? Let's, let's settle our disagreements. Let's, let's move forward. Let's, let's make sure that we continue to love each other um, and to recognize each other as brothers and sisters in Christ and not, not as enemies. So he continues, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. He's, he's saying very similar things to them as he did to the church in Thessalonica. Is that right? The Thessalonians. Um, the, that verse that we're all you know, hopefully memorizing, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. He's saying similar things here. He's saying, look, always be full of joy in the Lord. Rejoice. Let everyone see that you're considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon, which the Lord is always a reference to Jesus in Paul's writings. He says, look, he is coming soon. He is our Lord. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That's a verse that has been kind of a theme verse for us as a church for for many years. You know, instead of worrying, let's pray. (laughs) Let's just tell God what we need and thank him for all he's done. This should be a normal thing for us as we pray, as we reach out to our Heavenly Father. It should always include thanks. When we reach out to God, it can't just be the tell God what you need part. All right, You've got to include the thank Him for all He has done part if you want to experience God's peace. This peace which, as he says there, exceeds anything we understand. This is part of your witness as a Christian. If you're following Jesus and you're living your life for Him out in the world among everybody else, then one of the things that will mark you off as different is the peace that you experience. 
when everyone else is all caught up and wrapped up and, and anxious, and there you are as like this little beacon of peace in the middle of it. And people are going to look at you like, what is wrong with you? How come you're so zen? What, what's going on that you're okay when, when you know, the world is on fire all around you? And um, it reminds me of something, some, some little video somebody shared this last week of a guy playing piano out on the, did any of you guys see this? Out on like a, the side of a street on a sidewalk. And behind him, there was like a riot or something taking place. I'm not sure if this was in the U.S. or I think it was in another country. He's playing, he's just playing this little song. And there are a handful of people watching. And behind him, some guy runs out and like throws something on fire. And, you know, there's, there's these uh, police cars, riot gear all going on. And he's just playing away, you know, like nothing's going on right behind him. Like we could be little, little uh, oasis of peace in the midst of the storms for people. A place where people know like, man... I just get so freaked out and so worried when I look at all that. But when I, when I look at you, I see you're at peace. What is going on? It's a peace that exceeds anything we can understand. And we have the chance then to just say, well, yeah, life is hard right now. But I pray. I talk to God. I tell him what I need. And I thank him for all he's done. And he gives me his peace. Like we just read about right there. He says, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And he continues in verse 8, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Paul's saying, look, these are things you have to put into practice. You have to put it into practice to, to make sure that you instead of just worrying that you pray and talk to God and include in that prayer not just what you need but also thanking him for what he's done. You have to make sure that you choose to fix your thoughts on the good things, the admirable things, the things that you might want to thank God for and not just let the news or other things in life drag your thoughts over to focus on all of those things. He says, look, you need to, you need to fix your focus, fix your thoughts on these good things and keep putting these things into practice and you will experience God's peace. The God of peace will be with you. So do any of you have like good practices that you uh, have in your life, routines that help you to focus on the good? Anybody that wants to just shout out real quick something that you've done that helps you? You didn't know there was going to be audience participation today, but there is. All right. Not, don't just sing, but anybody, anybody have something that you've found yourself that this is something that you do regularly as a part of your routine? Take care of your cats. All right. Diane takes the, her cats, wake her up. She takes care of them. And you said you, you're aware that God is with you in the morning and start praying to him. That's beautiful. That's good. All right. Cool. All right. For those of you who couldn't hear what she said, Diane Smith over here is saying that the cats wake her up in the morning and they gather around. They're just ready to pray. And so she prays with her cats as they wake her up in the morning. That's not a bad thing at all. That's, yeah, I know. I know. She wakes up super early. Um, yeah, that might be better than waking up to your phone telling you all that's wrong in the world. You know, to have some cats wake you up and, and to remind you to pray. Anybody else have something in your routine, something in your day or your week? Yeah. You read your Bible every Sunday. That's a good thing. Yeah. Awesome. Excellent. Anybody else have something that you do that helps you to put these things into practice? 
I just this last week finally set a little reminder on my phone since we're talking about giving thanks and all that, that uh, every morning and every night, now I just did it in the calendar app, you can say like, yep, do this every day and, and, uh, and set a little alarm to go off that my phone is supposed to beep at me. Now I'm not, I'm not sure if it's working, it didn't seem to beep at me yesterday, but um, in the morning and the evening, I set it for like just after the boys in the evening after they're asleep. So, because before that, I'm not going to have time to think. Uh, and so just after the boys usually go to sleep, my phone buzzes at me and says, what am I thanking God for today? And gives me a chance to, in the evening, to think like, oh, you know what? I'm thanking God for this, thanking God for that, thanking God for this other thing. I just posted on Facebook, on the church Facebook page yesterday, was it? You know, what are three things that you're thankful for? And several of you have started to reply. Um, I know a few years ago, I encouraged you to take the month of November to just every day put something, journal, you know, every night have a little gratitude journal going and just add two or three things to the list every night of things that you're thankful for. And you could do that online. You could post those on Facebook or Twitter or Instacart or I don't, I don't know how you get what these things are that you guys use, but not Instacart, Instagram, whatever these things are. Um, whatever these things are that the kids use these days, I'm, I'm old. So I'm um, turning 46 next month. So anyway, I know I'm old. All right. Uh, one thing that we see, we see Jesus do, and I'm guessing that a lot of you do, a practice that you haven't mentioned, do any of you pause and pray when you sit down to eat? Any of you do that? We, we do, yeah. Yeah, we're, and we're teaching our kids to do that too. Our kids are four and a half. Uh, oh, past that, they're going to be five in January. But, um, and so we're trying to teach them. Uh, they don't always handle it well, but it's a beautiful thing when they do, that when we sit down to eat, we stop and we pray and we thank God uh, for the food before we sit down and eat it. And... Uh, some of you do that, and you're still using a prayer you memorized when you were a little kid, you know, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, amen, or something, you know. Or, or some of you just extemporaneously pause before you eat, and you say, God, this is an opportunity to give you thanks for this food, for all the good that we have in our lives. And sometimes with the kids, it turns into a longer prayer. You know, they're thanking God for, you know, the dogs and for the chance to jump on the leaves and, you know, all the things that we got to do that day. Other times it's very short, and they're eating while they're praying it. But, um, it's a chance. It's an opportunity. And Jesus does this as well. We see this in the scriptures in Matthew chapter 26. Uh, and it's not a surprise for us. Jesus, uh, this is a regular Jewish practice that when they sit down to eat, they thank God for the food. And, and as he's having this meal with his disciples that we commemorate and celebrate uh, every Sunday when we celebrate the Lord's Supper. It says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks... He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Man, if there was ever a time in your life where you're thinking, I'm not sure I feel thankful right now. I mean, not long after this, he's going to be in the garden pleading with his heavenly father. Please, isn't there a plan B? Can you, can you let this cup of suffering pass? Can you not make me have to drink this? I mean, I'm going to do what you want, father. Not my will, but yours be done. But, and one of the gospel writers says he's sweating drops of blood. He's, he's so intensely praying and, and wanting to, to not have to go through this. But still, the routine of his life, when he sits to eat, he gives thanks to God. And I, I just have to think that he's giving thanks to God and recognizing, even as he's explaining to his disciples, this represents my body, this represents my blood. I'm about to give my life for you and for the world. He's doing it in the context of giving thanks to God for providing and for being at work and for the role he gets to play in it. There are, I mentioned the little alarm on my phone. There are apps you can get, or there are, there are Christians today who pray regularly at, at the hours, and praying the hours is like a thing. It goes all the way back to like, uh, 
well, like Roman times, they would ring a bell in Roman cities at like uh, 6 a.m. at the start of the work day, at 9 a.m., uh, at, at noon when they would take the lunch break, at 3 when they'd resume work, at 6 when the work day ended. And they would, there would be these bells that would ring to mark off the time. And Christians began every time that bell would ring to pause and pray. And to pray a part, pray a psalm, to pray a prayer of thanks, to, to use those as reminders to pray. Maybe you could work something like that into your life where there are these moments that you already hit throughout your day. You know, like, you know what, every day I have this thing happen. Or every day I pause at this point. And, and it can just be a moment to pause, to step out of your routine, and to stop and thank God for something. Thank God for life. Thank God for the weather. Thank God for your family. Thank God for something to find that good thing and to thank God. And you might be amazed at how that will change your day, how that will change your life. The experience of peace that you might have throughout your day because you are putting into practice the things that, that we are taught in the scriptures. To Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. To not worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace. If you do want to use the Psalms, you know, they're not all lament Psalms. They're not all, all complaints. Some of them are like Psalm 136 that for 26 verses repeats a refrain over and over again. And we've, sometimes we've read this together, uh, and we're not going to try to do that right now. But the, every, every line of the Psalm, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. And it kind of walks through some of Israel's history throughout the thing, their people's history, and the ways that God has been faithful. And every, every line ends with, his love endures forever. And you get down to the end. It says, he remembered us in our low estate. His love endures forever. And freed us from our enemies. His love endures forever. He gives food to every creature. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. God is faithful. God is good. And no matter what you're going through, we can give him thanks. We can recognize his enduring faithful love. So I've just got a, a, an opportunity. It's not a question. I guess I didn't phrase it as a question. But at the end of your notes there, because this week I will practice gratitude by something that you're going to do. Not something I'm going to tell you to do. Something that you're going to do. What is it that you're going to do this week to begin to enhance your practice of gratitude? I'm going to give you a second to think and to write something down. I'll do the same. It's not enough to show up on a Sunday and say, oh, that was a nice message or that was an okay message or whatever your evaluation of the message is, and then to walk out and think, yep, check that one off my list. Woo, church done. All right, I got to the end of the video. Woo, all right. You know, no, we, we have to put these things into practice. If we want to experience God's peace, if we want to be the people that God calls us to be, if we want to do God's will, then we've got to be a people who rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. So let's, let's practice that, all right? All right, let's bow our heads. We're going to pray, and then we're going to thank God in the celebration of communion before we go. Thank you, God, for your love for us, for your presence with us, uh, thank you for speaking to us through the scriptures. It's amazing to me e each and every time that I open the Bible to see that, that you speak through these things that, uh, that poets wrote down thousands of years ago in the Psalms or, or things that Paul wrote to these, these Christians living around the Roman Empire. 
Egypt 2,000 years ago and continually down through the ages, God, you have continued to speak to your people through these words. You've helped us not just to hear Paul writing to uh, the Philippians, but you've helped us to hear your spirit speaking to us. You've helped us to to use the Psalms uh, to give voice to our hearts as we uh, talk with you, as we cry out to you, whether we're crying out in frustration and grief or whether we're crying out in thanks and praise. It's amazing, God. Thank you. Thank you for these resources like this. Thank you for uh, rhythms like Sunday worship. Thank you, God, for, uh, for other rhythms that we might build into our lives, praying at mealtimes or praying when we rise or praying before bed. These opportunities that we have throughout the day to remind ourselves of your goodness, of your love, and to give you thanks. God, we want to be a people for whom gratitude comes naturally. So that whatever goes on around us, whatever circumstances we find ourselves in, we will be looking for opportunities to thank you and experiencing your peace. God, I pray that that would be true for me and for every single one of us uh, that's worshiping with us here today, in the room, online, that we can be a people marked by gratitude, a people who experience your peace, and that this will give opportunities for your church to be a witness to your grace and to your love, to your presence in our lives, that this might open opportunities for conversations with people where we get to point people toward you. Thank you, God. Thank you for the immense love you have shown us in Jesus Christ. And that's why we're here, God, is because not only have you provided for us uh, gifts of bread and juice, which we offer back to you today. But you have given us your son, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, you gave your body and blood for us. You gave your life for us so that we could be redeemed, so that we could be transformed, so that we could be forgiven, so we could be healed, so what is dead in us could come alive again, so we could know ourselves to be loved by God, so we could find ourselves embraced by the God who made us, who calls us his, his own. So please, God, as we, um, as we gather around the table of our Lord Jesus in kind of the scattered way that we're doing right now, um, we offer to you these gifts of bread and juice. And we do pray that we would meet the spirit of Christ here, our crucified and risen Lord, who has defeated sin and death and the devil for us. Help us today to experience your forgiveness as we admit our need of it. As we admit to you that we need your grace, God, would you give it to us? We offer you ourselves and pray that your your Holy Spirit would transform us, would change us, would make us the kind of people who can extend your grace and your love to others, who can live in this world as the body of Christ, as your sons and daughters. We give you thanks, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Amen. As we prepare our hearts to celebrate communion, if you're here in the room, we've got the little cups that we're going to use. If you're joining us online, uh, you have a chance to gather some bread and some juice now if you haven't done that already. As we read earlier, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and gave it to his disciples and said, take this, eat it, this is my body, broken for you. Let's take and eat. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, drink this, this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. When you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. Let's take and drink. Lord Jesus, we thank you again for the love that you showed us, that you held nothing back out of love for us. And so we don't refuse you, as we just sang. But instead, we accept your love And we recognize you for who you are, that you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords. You are the one who can lead us well through this life. You're the one who leads us to our Heavenly Father, to a life filled with his love and grace. So God, today, would you fill us with the Spirit of Christ, that we might be changed, that we might live differently here in this world as a testimony to your love to your grace. Thank you, God. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the Lord bless you and keep you. Uh, The Lord, how does the rest of that go? The Lord turn his face toward you and be gracious to you. I'm I'm goofing it all up. I'm giving all up. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you. That's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) 